Lord, it's just so wonderful to be, Lord, in the presence of God and to see you high and lifted up. And then our memory go back to where we're coming from. And now our hope is to go to where you're leading us to. And our faith that come to the destination and to the thinking about the time that we're going to be with our Lord together. Lord, then every minute, every second, every trial, every difficulties, everything that we went through, Lord, it's all worth it, Lord. To look at the King that come into and to wipe out our tears and to the pat on our backs that coming in to enjoy the eternal blessing that I have prepared for you. I have a longing, longing to have this fellowship with you. Oh God, may this morning be a memorial day, Lord. May this morning that it made a backslider that are coming home. Lord, it made the people has been cold. Lord, it made our heart be warmed up. Lord, it made the people, their eyes have been blurred. Lord, by the situation in their life. Lord, to take away the scale out of their eyes, Lord. Oh, let a broken heart of mom to come before the altar that I know their children is coming home, Lord. Lord, to that a broken heart of a daddy to know that our family is going to be joined them together. Not by feeling, not by emotion, but by the faith toward God's word. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We know you are, Lord, you are cared about your children's welfare. So that's why we come into the house of God to lay it all of a burden at the feet of Jesus. Lord, you're the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. We totally depend on you. We absolutely look up to you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Just ask you, Lord, to take this morning's service. Lord, to make the service to be a service for you and to be a service for your people. And to speak to your children. Lord, Come down, Lord, to meet your children's need. Lord, will you draw closer? Lord, are we getting closer to you? Lord, may your bride and the bridegroom be united together. Lord, give us a temporary resurrection this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we just pray you speak to our heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us turn to the scripture, book of Hebrews. chapter 6 verse 11 and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope Unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For man verily swore by the greater, an oath and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. 
wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of a promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable signs in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. We have a flat for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil, with whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. If you don't mind, let us turn to the book of Genesis. Chapter 22. Book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 16. Well, let's uh, start from a 15. An angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself, have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sun and the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of the enemies. And you have to, uh, I just want you to notice that that is said, how the Lord swear. What do bring the Lord take oath to Abraham is because he has not withheld thy son. He gives a whole cell. Whenever the Lord has said, he said, I obey your voice. And that's the read further on. And in thy seed shall all the nations of earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I want to give a title uh, of the service this morning, The Promise Keeper. And I know that uh, in this uh, world, uh, in the church world, they have um, uh, movements, I think they're called uh, the Promise uh, Keepers. But this is not the Promise Keepers. This is the Promise Keeper. Because we all know in the beginning, man cannot keep his promise. No matter what good intention that he had, no matter how they intended to want to do good, but the... It just doesn't lay in the man that he can keep the promise. No matter how many power they have, they couldn't keep the promise. No matter how uh, had a good will they have, they couldn't keep the promise. You think about the, the country that it can be a most powerful country, that can be a, a most uh, powerful uh, person that in the world that, that they couldn't even keep their promise. No matter how they try to, uh, you know, we want to have a peace of this world. We want to um, uh, do good to uh, help the people. They just cannot take, uh, keep their oath. And they probably lay their hands on the Bible and uh, to swear to be the president of the United States, of other countries. But no matter how much uh, the garment, the uh, strong garment or military they have or whatever things that they have, they couldn't keep their promise. And very soon, give them a year or two, they broke all their promises. And then they started to find an excuse for them why I broke that. 
I don't want to find an excuse why you broke the promise. Uh, I want to see how you can break,、uh, how you can keep your promise. Because whenever the, the people they try to, you know, we want to do something,、uh, even for the、uh, for the Christian world, they said we want to do things for for the kingdom of God. We want to、uh, come to church、uh, faithfully. You find out the people very soon break their promises, because it's just not in, lay in the person, lay in the people that in their ability try to keep it. Even the、uh, even for the Christian, they said, you know, we want to.、Uh, Uh, we want to love the Lord, and、uh, no matter what situation that I'm in, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. If the person without the grace of God is just doing the things in their own ability, though they have the good will, though they have a good intention, they will break their promise within a few days, within a few months. That's why you saw that the people that are coming to in this message, if they only lay themselves. Uh, if they can only lay themselves in the presence of God, lay themselves in the promise of the Lord, they give themselves to the Word of God. It's not them to keep the promise, but it's the promise keeper laid in them to keep that promise. Because it's not in man's ability to keep his promise. It's not in the man's ability to try to keep the family together, because the, the man just doesn't have that ability. No matter how much the husband tries to do good to their wife and do this and do that, you are not the promise keeper. It's not you try to keep this family together, but it's the promise keeper keep the family together. So you must find the source and go to the source. People can be emotionally、uh, in, into that uh, uh, the realm. People can be they can be do whatever that they can. You, you, you think about those people who call themselves promise keepers. And they have the rallies. They go into the stadium and they hold their hands and they shed their tears. They make promise to each other. Guess what? Go home. They're still gonna break their promise. And then they they take another rally and they try to solve it up. Try to uh, uh, make the things is right. It just doesn't lay in the people. The key, the diagnosis. They must find the source of that keeper. Without that caper, live in the person. Nobody can keep the promise. It doesn't depends on how good a church is. The good church that can be as good as it can be, they can be the, as holy as it can be. But if that individual, just based on their faith in the certain church. Without the base on their face to invite that promise keeper that lived in them, the church cannot keep the promise. The church cannot do them good, because the church, no, as I said, no matter how good intention the people is, but a good intention does not bring the people into the promise keeping. It has to be that a person that lived in that a person, and then that will keep the promise. And you remember, Brother Branham talking about.、Uh, let's, let's go to the, the Bible talking about.、Uh, uh, you know, there was a prostitute that had come in, come to、uh, before、uh, Jesus Christ, and then they uses、uh, her hair,、uh, to, uh, use her tears to dry,、uh, to wash the feet of Jesus, and use her hair to wipe it,、uh, wipe it dry, and、uh, put an anointment、uh, that on the feet,、uh, and、uh, she was in such a repentance. And just one moment before the presence of the high priest, of this Jesus Christ, that solved all the problems 
that, that, that she had. She can go to church. The Pharisees cannot solve her problem. The, the, the Pharisees, the, the good laws that Moses had can only condemn that person. The, the Pharisees, the good church that they have, they, all these years wouldn't uh, do anything good to that prostitute. But that prostitute, just by one moment, recognized the presence of a God. That one split second, that the prostitute, the whole life was changed. And she changed from the life of a prostitute to a seed of God. And then you think about the, Brother Branham talking about the, the lady that in the incense institution. I wish one day we don't have to wear a tie to preach. <laughs> you know, one time uh, at the end of the message, Brother Bram was talking about that woman that uh, in the incense institution. Brother Bram said she's a beautiful young woman, and she does. As a prophet, he even don't understand why this person going to the incense institution. And then, uh, uh, that, uh, then the lady said, uh, uh, if you don't mind, would you want to start from me? And the brother Bram said, start from you. He never saw that this uh, woman looked like a sand, looked like a wise woman, a beautiful woman. Why later in the situation like that? Why later in an instant institution? And then she started related to him about her life. And she lived a life like a prostitute. Day after day, year after year, and she tried to make a vow and uh, try to keep it and then break it. Then go to the, and the, you know, uh, be uh, cheated with, uh, uh, with her husband or whatever that is. And not a lady in the, such a miserable situation. And nobody can keep that promise. And it has to take God to come intervene that in her situation, in the human flesh, and to end this prostitute life for this girl. You said, I'm not a prostitute. But a prostitute, Brother Branham said, is not only just means of sexuality. He said, you see, Brother Branham, I'm, not, I'm no prostitute. I don't altogether mean sexually. Prostitution, prostitution is on a higher level. You can prostitute your time. How much time? Do you give to him? You know that the Bible in the book of Deuteronomy said that the hire of the prostitute and the price of a dog cannot burn into the house of God. In another word, that the prostitute, when they earn the money, they cannot burn into the house of God. And when Brother Bram talked about the prostitution on a higher level, he said you can prostitute your time. And you're thinking about that the person... you. When you come to the, when you come behind the pulpit, it's very clear you can see the people's face. You even know what they're, how much time they're spending on the Word of God, or how much time they spend on their TV, on their poor, on the television program, or how much time they spend on their games, on our different things. That's also called a prostitute. The hiring of a prostitute cannot be brought into the house of God. You cannot be step on the two boats. You cannot be to give it a time to the devil and then also give it a time to the Lord. Your time has to be, your time has to be strictly given to the Lord. Because you cannot come to the church and then uh, 
you know, you spend her time with this, you spend her time with that. And then you spend her time to post on this, or to type on this, or to text on this and that. When your time, when your mind was so occupied, when you're coming to the house of God, how can you be concentrated? You cannot even get into the service. Because it depends on how much time you spend. How much energy that you spend. When you spend your energy, when you give your time to the Lord, when you come for the service, you're looking for something to happen. When you come to the service, you know something's going to happen. Because you're not coming here just to put out some time, but you're coming to the church and say, Lord, I have a need. I've been prayed up. I've been engaging myself into it. Lord, come down to me, my need. It's that you prostitute your own selfish motive. When your motive and your objective is wrong, you don't expect that God is going to bless you. Yes, God may bless your career, God may bless your this and that, but that is the permissive will of the Lord. You want it the perfect will of the Lord. A person can prostitute your own selfish motive. Your motive and objective has to be right. Everything that you do, it must be come to the Lord and know exactly what is the Lord wants you to do. Well, Lord, don't give you the intent, don't give you the sign of a goal to do, then just stay put until the Lord revealed Himself to you. He said, You're now, He said, uh, You go around saying, Well, I belong to this church, I'm better. No, you're not. You can prostitute otherwise than sexually. The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart, and you will see, I want nothing to do with that. Brother Bram said, you blind Pharisees, prostitute. He said, what's the matter with you? You're committing adultery with the world. That's what you are doing. Then he said, you might not be a prostitute, but you may be a prostitute on a higher level. Prostitute don't mean sexually every time. You can prostitute your time. You can prostitute your faith. Go out and join some cult or some cold formal church. You're a prostitute. You're just as guilty as she was. But the same Lord Jesus that forgive her has the same pleading mercy for you tonight. In the Bible, book of Romans chapter 7 and 18, it said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform... But how to perform that which is good, I find out. He said how to perform in original. That means do it accordingly or do it rightfully and accomplish it. You have to do things according to the blueprint. Whatever the God said do, then do. It's not how uh, hard you're doing. It's not how you give yourself a try to do a certain thing. But you must do it accordingly. According to God's plan. Not according to your own idea. Not according to your own feeling. I fail to do so. Your fail to do so must be based on what is the word of God in this hour said to do. So to perform, he said, I don't find it. In another word, the people, they can will to do good, but they cannot, but they cannot find how to do these things. 
Because it's another lay in the person. And how to perform, that means to do the rightfully or to accomplish it. That's why the intellectual understanding of this message does not work. That's why the psychology does not work. Don't, don't think psychology doesn't discern things right. If the people who learn the psychology go through the institution and learn about that, they can do pretty much accurate about what your situation is. They can pretty much that a discern or judge said, what is that person? What is the problem with you? That, that have the good points of it. They can very well to know that what is your situation. But the things is how to perform it doesn't lay in there. It's not a how to find the problem. I know the problem. But who to fix this problem? That's what I need to know. You know that your problem. But how to perform it, you find out. The psychology cannot help you. The intellectual understanding cannot help you. It must be the promise keeper. That person, he can only help you. It doesn't mean that those things that doesn't have a certain percentage of right that's in them. But a trade is always the good and the evil. You know your children's problem. You know your marriage's problem. But who can fix that problem? That doesn't lay in that person. That's the part that said to will, to do good, and this lay in me. But I find out how to perform it. But by Jesus Christ, when you go to that source, that source will fix every problem every time. That's why you find out that the people who go into a certain distance, they couldn't go on any longer. Because of the intellectual understanding of the message are running out. They can go for a certain time. Sometimes it's months, sometimes a year, sometimes years. They can come to the church and fellowship with you and believe the message, reading the message and listening to the message. But the intellectual can only last so long. The most miserable thing is to let the intellectual lasting until the last moment of the rapture. And sometimes the people can come to the church and listen, listen to the, the preaching. The preaching is not a necessarily intellectual preaching. But the people have an intellectual understanding of the godly preaching. And they can come to the hearing the service. And they're only picking up a certain point that is to feed them. And then the things that doesn't feed them, it seems, it seems like they just have a future just totally filtered out. They can come to shake their hands and say, oh, I enjoy that service. I enjoy that service. If you do enjoy the service, it change your life. If you do enjoy the service, let your nature be changed. If you do enjoy the service, let your desire be changed. Sometimes the people come to the church because of certain people. Because they have a certain friends, they come to the church. And sometimes the people come to the church because there's a certain minister that they come to the church. That's why you saw so many missing on Wednesday night. 
I think I'm preaching too hard. <laughs> I should have preached this on Sunday night instead of the morning. There's too many people here. <laughs> I've said there's no friends. And some people come to the church because of the school. Some people come to the church because they saw a certain good character or personality in all these people. Are they all good? Of course they're all good. But that's not the purpose you come to the church. Sometimes the people come to the church because their favorite preacher, they come to the church. Do you know that our favorite preacher cannot bring you to heaven? But do you also know your favorite, your unfavorite preacher cannot bring down to hell either? It's always in that person. No matter if your favorite preacher or unfavorite preacher, if your attitude is right, come to the church. Lord, I'm not listening to certain people. I'm listening to you, Lord. If God can speak through Eli, give the child of Samuel to Hannah, how much more God will use each vessel that's standing behind a pulpit, no matter favorite or unfavorite, and bring you into the rapture? It's not the brother Ed or brother Tom's job to bring you into heaven. Though they want to, though they desire to. It's not Brother Murphy's problem bringing you down to hell either. I want you to go to heaven. I want to see your life to be changed. I want to see you when you hear the preaching. You're shouting, you're screaming, hallelujah, amen, that is wonderful. But I want to see something that is a stability. I want to see something that's a steadfast. They come to church year after year, you saw the passions in them. No matter what happened, no matter what trials they're going through, no matter what difficulty they went through, no matter their children backside or not backsliding, they're faithfully coming to church, supporting the work, and giving themselves to the Word of God, and helping the people, help out the cause for the kingdom of God. To me, that is a hero. Everything must be for the purpose of Christ. All those things... It's just a bait. No matter if it's a school, no matter if it's a church, no matter if it's a good people, or the people who are a nice character, who treat you good like your friends, or they have a love between them. Those things are all good. But if you just for that come to the church, you're only nibbling on the bait. You're not a swallowing of the whole cat. All those baits, it's to let you swallow the hook. Right. Brother Bramlin showed us the Father. He said, tonight I promise you, I was going to talk about a gospel subject. He said, see, divine healing is that a bait that's on the hook. As I said the other night, you don't never show the fish the hook. You showed him the bait. That's what a divine healing is. Jesus Christ, about 80% of His ministry was on the divine healing. But in there, they watched and seen what He 
he done was of God. And then he said in that vision, you probably all heard that, the three poles, when he was doing the, in the vision, doing the fishing. And then uh, the angel of the Lord said to him, he, he said he told them, and then he told them the truth. He said that that's uh, what warned them, uh, warned them to God. What is the win people to God? Is when you tell the truth. That truth will bring them free. It's not the debate to make them free. It's the hook, the gospel to make them free. He said that is the ministry for. That's what God intended it to be. Then he, uh, the Lord told him uh, what is uh, how to uh, do this uh, in, the, in the vision. He said, now, that's really fishing technique, all right. He said, pull slow. And said that the small fish will follow. When you get a strike, said, just jerk it a little bit. Not hard. But said, don't tell nobody how you're doing it. Keep it still. Don't tell nobody what you're doing. Pull it slow. And said, when you feel your strike, just pull your bait far enough to scare the little fish. You know, if the people coming to the church for a different reason, if they're coming to the message just for a different reason, they only try to uh, chewing on the bait. And uh, if, they do, if we only come here just for the healing, just for the Lord to bless me, just for the Lord, you know, help me with my family, you know, I got a problem with this, I got a problem with that, and you're never swallowing the hook, you have to realize the bait sooner or later will run out. Because if you keep nibbling on it, keep nibbling on it, and that bait is going to out. Sooner or later, you're going to face the hook. What you're going to do with this Jesus? Brother Bram said that we're, uh, he said he told them the truth and that that won them to God. It's the truth, it's the gospel that really won the people to God. And what is the gospel in the first Corinthians is one twenty seven? What is the truth? It said to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of a glory. In the Christ of a mystery of a God revealed, it said that all hells was against that revelation. What is that? Christ in you, the hope of a glory. You can see that person have a good personality. You can see that person who was a nasty. Nice character. That person loved the Lord. That person do this. You can see the life of God as in the people that are around, the, around this congregation. But if you only just saw that without saying that they have God living in them. What I want is not just debate. I want the God that is in them. Only when the people seeing that, they're not only just beating, they're not only just nibbling on the bait, but they're actually swallowing the hook. Do you know that you are that hook? Some people can draw blessing from you. Some people, they can circling around you, can draw the benefit from you. They know you're good people. They love that atmosphere. But if they're not taking the God that is in you, they're only just nibbling on the bait. And when the bait starts to run out, when the blessings start to run out, and then the small fish got scared. 
Just as Brother Bram said, it says, pull your bait far enough to scatter, to scare, or to scatter the little fish. That is the purpose of God. Well, because God don't want us just to come to church just for the blessing. He wants us to come to the church for one thing. Swallow that gospel hook. To that Jesus Christ, to that the life of living the person. He said, just pull your bait far enough, far enough to scatter the little fish. You find out that the people and one of the healing start to not coming. If they've been praying and praying, it seems that nothing says, no, um, it seems that nothing that was happening. What is that? That scatters the little fish. They're just gone. Because the reason they're coming to you is just for a debate. They're coming here for the blessing. They're coming for the healing. If their children got a problem and they're coming to the church to try to fix it. If the blessings is gone, if the children is not right, if their family seems like they prayed long enough and so long and nothing going to happen, it seems like they're just like the fish that scattered it away. What if the Lord take the blessing off of you? What if the healing is not coming soon? What if the, what seems like His promise is delay, delay, delay? What are you going to do with it? Brother Bramah said, he said, but he will make the big fish run for it. The small fish, when they saw that the blessings was gone, when they saw the certain, the first sign, when they saw there's something that was, uh, seems like they're wrong, seems like this person doesn't treat me like, the, like good anymore, seems like the preachers always are harsh on me on this, the first sign when they saw that, poof, they just left. They just scattered away. But for the bigger fish, Brother Bramah said he would make the bigger fish run for it. Because they're not coming just for the bait. They're coming for that hook. They're coming and said, Lord, I want to have that life. No matter I have the healing or don't have the healing, I'm coming for the life of Christ. No matter I have a problem or don't have a problem, that's not my focus on. I'm coming here only for one thing, Lord, to change my life. They're running for that hook. That is the true big fish. He said, then when you get a strike, Brother Bram said, then set your hook for the catch. Then you know, what, what is the vision? He said, you will feel some nibble on it, at it, but don't tell nobody what you're doing. Kippus yourself and said, when you feel the nibble again, it's a pull just a little bit, but not too hard. And then it, it will pull it away from the little fish. And when they scattered, that will attract the attention of the big fish. You know what is the for the true believer? When the people finding this fault... When the people said, this message have this problem, or that have this problem, that church have this problem, and this person gone, that just attracts that big fish even more. You know, I was, uh, there was a brother in China. I probably, uh, you probably heard it before. And this brother helped us to print it out, the COD book, that in China a few years ago, and how he received the message. When he first, uh, uh, we want to print him the sealed book. Then he said, well, you know, if I print, pr want to print it, I better look at it because he's a Christian in the Three Self Church. 
he said, I better take a look at it. So what is the book he was talking about? So he take the book, and the first thing, when he started to read it, he just loved it. He loved the COD book. And uh, uh, he also downloaded the other message and from the website. He started reading it. And the one he started reading it, and he started got sick. And then uh, not only he got sick, his wife got sick. And uh, his uh, daughter got sick. And it was sick so bad he cannot get out of the house because they got a right eye. It's not a flight right eye. It was uh, literally got an infection that in their eye. And they couldn't get out of the house. And you know, even for other people, they were saying, well, if this is it, maybe this is a cause. But for him, it was different. He said, my goodness, this must be of the Lord. <laughs> the devil's already attacking me. That's to me, it's a big fish. Well, if you look at the Word, only look at the Word. No matter you feel it or not feel it, have emotion or don't have emotion, the Word is more solid than anything else. When he's reading that or when he's listening to that, he says, this is nothing but the truth. Why? Because everything what he said is, is talking about the Christ, the talk about the Bible. It's not something else, some denomination, idea, and things. So that's why no matter what attack it on him, he said, this is, must be from the Lord. That is a big fish. And it turned out he is a big fish. And Brother Bremer talking about uh, that uh, lady that in the insane institution. Let me just spend a little time on this. In a, in a message from that time, Brother Bremer said to that uh, lady in the insane institution, he said, I said, a lovely young woman like you, don't you desire to be married and have a babies like all mothers do and so forth? We saw the prophet is trying to catch uh, her spirit. And he was uh, telling what is the natural way that what is the woman's is wants to do. But you see, this world, even the natural things become so perverted. People don't want to get married. People don't want to have a husband, don't want to have a baby. All they want is just, uh, you know, they're, uh, well, anyway. I don't want to get, to get on that subject. And then he said, she said, I would love to, sir. But look at me. He said, what could I offer anyone? I said, you've got one thing you could offer. She said, what's that? I said, your soul to Jesus Christ. She said, sir, he wouldn't receive it. I said, oh, yes, he will said, how do you know he would? She said, I tried. I was thinking, how many people failed in just that two words? I tried. How many young people has been failed that are in that two words? Daddy, I tried. Mommy, I tried. Preacher, I tried. I tried so many times. It doesn't work. It's not how much you try, but it's how much you yield yourself. Amen. It's how much you surrender your whole selves. People not receiving the Lord and not receiving the Holy Spirit is not because they tried, it's because they don't want to surrender. They don't want to die. They don't want to die to their own selfish idea. They don't want to die to their own feeling. That's why they keep trying, they keep trying, they keep trying. And every time they fail, because God doesn't want you to just try. He wants you yourself, yield yourself totally to Him. 
Lord, I come in here as I am. Lord, I give my whole self to it. I give my whole self without any reserve, without holding anything. Lord, do it unto me. When you be desperate on that, then that's the time of God coming down into your life. I said, yes. He said, you're just turning pages. But you really come to him. She said, what could he do for, with me? I said, make a lady out of you. I said, not me. I'm too far gone. I said, he can take you back to the time when you was a virgin, innocent girl. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient and powerful to transform the vile sinner to a blood-washed sin. Guiltless before God. She said, I've tried that so many times. This person needs a transforming power to really transform her, not just how much time that she tried. She probably vowed many times, promised many times, promised the people many times, promised herself many times, but none of her promise will work. None of her vow is going to work. As I said in the beginning, your own vow, your own promise, you are not the promise keeper. You cannot keep none of your promise. You try to do good. You try to, it doesn't, it's not how much good intention that you have. It totally depends on one thing. You yield yourself. Give your whole self to the Lord. Then I said, I want to tell you, I believe your case has never been diagnosed right. She might be one to the institution. She might be one to the doctor. They might be trying to help her. You do this. You do that. You know, they might be giving her maybe 10 reasons why she had that. And maybe give it a lot of ways, you know, maybe eating healthier, or maybe have some sleep, you know, maybe going to the society, do some volunteer works, and that will help you out. They never diagnose this right. It has to take the profit. I said, you don't want to be like that. That's the first thing that the prophet said to her. You know, when person, they want to do something, you cannot help them. You just have to keep yourself quiet until they did what they want to do and hit the wall. Then come back, you pick up the pieces. Because Brother Bram said that the people will have to do what they have to do. You just can't stop them. First, is this girl said, Brother Brandon was diagnosed right and said, you don't want to be like that. Have you ever felt that way? The young people especially. When you do something that you know and you know in your heart that that is not right. But you keep doing it, you keep doing it. What forced you to do that? In your heart you know you don't want to do that. In your heart you know that it's wrong. But it seems like something just forced you to do the things that you don't want to do. It's Brother Bram said to this girl, said, you don't want to be like that. She said, certainly not. So just what you mentioned a while ago is what I want to be. A mother with a husband, with babies, someone to love, and someone that loves me. I never spoil a man's life like I am. And I said, you don't have to. So this may sound old-fashioned, sister, but it's the truth, nevertheless. It's the devil that's done lie to you. 
It's the devil that's got a hold of you, driving you to things that you don't want to do. It's, sometimes we're thinking, Lord, Lord, why I'm doing this? Why I, I cannot overcome this? If you want to overcome, it must be started from the beginning of it. So the beginning is not how you start to do things wrong. The beginning is not how you get trapped into devil's trap. The beginning is you don't want to do that. When the lust is coming on you, when a different spirit is coming on you, when a temper is coming on you, when you try have to say some things that are nasty about a person, you don't want to do that. It's a something the devil's making you to do that. You must recognize and say, Lord, I don't want to have that. That thing is not in my heart to do it. In my heart, I don't want to hurt people. In my heart, I don't want to say nasty things about people. But it's the spirit and the demon that make me to do it. When you realize that, now you're in hope. So Brother Bram said, you don't want to be like that. He said, it's the devil that's done that to you. Then she looked at me with those big dark eyes and said, I've always believed that was the truth. But you see, there's no one really telling him, telling her that. Everybody just give her this diagnosis, give her that remedy. All the remedy is doesn't work. I said, would you kneel here with me? She said, now they tell me I'm a mental case. I said, you are. But I said, Jesus Christ will restore a right mind. There's nothing too great for him. And she said, do you think he would for me? I said, certainly. But we got to get that devil out of there. Before he can, where he entered, when you was a young girl, he will go out and he will go right back to that place again. I said, sister. And she, uh, she got down on her knee and I asked her to pray. And she prayed for a few moments. She looked over at me and she said, Brother Bram, I now I'm going to make a new start. Brother Bram said, Sister, it won't do, it won't do one bit of a good. You are going just exactly the same road you always you've been you've been over. He said it won't work, and she said, I mean it in my heart. I said, How many people that's in their heart that they want to do good? How many people in their heart that they want to have a good beginning? They want to have a start. They want to get rid of the old filthy things that have been bothering them so long, so many years. I said, I know you do. But that devil, but that devil is more stronger than any mental power that you could put to him. That's the reason, Brother Bram said, I don't believe in an intellectual religion. I believe a man's got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be deeper then you're thinking. Got to be an experience. Different people have a different experience. Some people might cry. Some people might not. Some people might shout. Some people might not. Some people might seem like nothing happened to them. But one thing you know for sure. Your life's changed. Your desire changed. Your nature changed. You become a different person. A person can drastically... They're just almost like a split second, they can be a changed person. Another person can take years.
for that to manifest. But no matter taking short or taking long, the person's life is changing. The person's desire is changing. That is the sign that person had a true experience with the Lord. You talk about that, uh, that young man that has a slave that is coming from Africa. It's not how much intellectual that he learned when he come out to the plantation. One of the people, the, the person who tried to buy him, he said he's not for sale. That young man, that young slave that come from Africa, it's not because he learned that he's the king's son. It's not just intellectually he learned, but he was born to be the king's son. That's why the, the person they need to be born again to really know who they are. It's not how much we tell them, you're the son, you're the son. It has to be the Lord who revealed himself to that person. Then nothing going to change that person. Brother said, he said, uh, it's not lasting. All those things are temporal. But there is a time when a certain thing can happen. And from then on, it's different. It's a really different. That's when man meets God. Amen. Things changed when man meets God. He said, when a person can realize that they are no good, then they are in good condition. They can be made something out of. But when you think that you are just at the top, when you are nothing, then you are past the hopes. Then he said that this girl had something that you could work on. And the brother Brandman asked her, said, did you ever think that it was the devil that's making you do something that you don't want to do? She said, Mr. Branham, I've always believed that. He said, those big black eyes flashed. And I said, that's what it is, sister. You couldn't assign pledges or join churches enough. If you had the books as high as the building, would never do you one bit of a good. It's the devil that drives you to those things, making you do things a slave to him. Brother Bram said that that's the way drunkard, grass addicts, immorals. It's all the power of Satan that has the people in the grip. And they can't break it, but there is the one who can break it. And I said, here in your heart, you are telling me that you love to be married and had a husband. I said, you are a beautiful girl. You make a real sweetheart for some little tired preacher of God. She said, I couldn't promise a preacher. No one else. Nothing in this condition, Mr. Brenham. I said, but I want to tell you something. Your seems maybe as black and smutty as hell. But I know there is a fountain filled with the blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's van. Where sinners plunge beneath the flood. Lose all their guilty sins. It can make you as white as the snow. If a brother Bram had just stopped in that. If he just stopped and said, you're a beautiful girl. Don't you want to marry? Don't you want to have a husband? Don't you want to have a baby? Psychologists can do the same thing. You know, that's why there's so many people stop there right there. They don't go any further. They only stop in there circling around, circling around, circling around. You come to the church. 
You're sitting at a pew. You pay our tithes. You sing, shout hallelujah. You trade good to the old people. You trade good to the young people. You go into the camp. You tell you go to summer camp. You winter camp. You do everything that you can. If you just stop there, without going that just one step further, you will be like that a girl has been done so many years. Go back to her old rot again. That's why people they are coming day in, day out, the year in, the year out without being delivered. Because they only pulled out to what is the message can good to their mind, good to their psyche, good to their family, this and that. They're only nibbling on the bait, but without swallowing the hook. Some people, they're just too smart to their good. They're such a smarty fish. Sorry, they're not smarty. They're smart fish. They're just nibbling here. They're just nibbling there. They're coming to draw all the blessing that they can draw. They're kind of coming to the church. They, if they have any need for the preacher to pray for them, they're coming. They're nibbling all the baits. But as I said, the baits will run out. Eventually, the baits will run out. The hook will start to show up. If you are not going to have the big fish character, personality, that a gene that's in you, you will scatter it away. But if you are the big fish... You're coming to the church, so the Lord, I don't care who said what. I don't care who's the living. I'm coming for that hook. I'm coming for my life to be changed. People coming, people living, but I'm staying here until you change my life. I'm coming to the one camp after another, but Lord, I don't care how many times I need to come, but Lord, I dedicated myself today is your day that you meet me. If a person really had been desperate like that, then the Lord would meet their need. What is the preaching all about? The preaching is not just give you a lesson. The preaching is not just to tell you, oh, a prophet said this, prophet said that. Every time when, you, when we quote it, every time when the, when the minister coming behind the pulpit or the pastor coming behind the pulpit and they preach the word to you, that is your opportunity. That is not to give you a psychic consolation. That's not just to give you some living advice, to give you some life advice that will help you to cope with this life. This word is a calling, a dedication. You make your determination. It said, Lord, if I hear the word, I want to do something with that word. So she turned around, kneeled down by the chair where she was at. And I kneeled the other side. I said, now you pray. See, she could pray for herself. So I said... You pray, and she prayed. She prayed real sincerely. And I just held still, feeling if the spirit had won away from her. But after bed, she rose up. She said, Mr. Branham, I'm going to take your hand and make you a promise that from this day, henceforward, henceforth, I will never smoke again. I will never drink again. I will never play the parts of a prostitute again. I said, I believe, my sister. You mean that. But it's not over yet. You've done that so many times. But it isn't over yet. There has to be something happen. 
She said, well, what do you mean, Mr. Branham? I said, kneel back down again and just keep praying. And Brother Branham was talking about in that Mamba vision. The black Mamba that tried to strike his brother. And then uh, he, uh, the Lord had given him an authority that he can bind and unbind. What is the voice that said to him? He said, hey, ask the Lord, how can I do it? And the Lord said to him, you need to be more sincere than you are now. I'm thinking if the prophet has to be more sincere than what he is now, don't, don't forget that he got to the truth. He's the free. He got the truth. The truth will set you free. He's the messenger. He's the prophet. He's the God-chosen vessel even before that he was ever born. That he is that one. If he has to be more sincere, I was thinking how much more that we need to be more sincere. We can be as sincerely wrong. But it's really wrong when we have the truth and the result of the real sincerity with it. Because it is the feast of the sincerity that's in the truth. You have to be sincere, more sincere than ever. We have to be more sincere than ever to what is the promise of God has said. What is the word has said? Obey what is the voice has said. He said, kneel back down again and just keep praying. You may say, oh, I am sincere. How much more sincere I need to get? Sincere until... Sincere until something that has really happened. If the things has not happened yet, that means that you still got a little distance to go. It's just like this woman did. If she just rises up to shake hands with the prophet, she has, she has been doing that for many, many years, probably with many preachers. But fortunately, she come before the prophet, and she know that he know she hasn't done that yet. And then she said, what must I do? Brother Bram said, just stay there. And then the prophet said, she was getting deeply in sincerity. And she continued to pray. All of a sudden, she began to change her notes in her prayer. In other words, she struck home run. Something happened. And she turned all of a sudden... And look at me with those big staring eyes like an angel then. And the tears were running down her cheeks. She jumped to her feet and she said, Sir, I've never felt this away in all my life. And then Brother Brent said, I said, now it's all over. You know, the gospel is very simple. Sometime before a person, they just have to face that. They've been coming to the church. They've been coming to for a deliverance. Year after year, the date after day. Though it sound old-fashioned, Brother Benjamin, take this girl, just let her know that he, she was a devil-possessed. You can be in the, in the message for years and years still that the demon won't let you go. Got a hold of you. That intellectual will not help you. But once she get down to business with God, when she really kneeled down and the prophet to pray for her and she used to pray for herself, when she become really desperate, then something happened to her. For Brahma said, 
He said, that's when a man meets God. From that time on, he's a changed creature. He's never the same no more. I don't care how low he stopped in sin. I don't care how immoral the woman's been or how low the man's been. He said, how long he's been without God and how many times he's spurned his grace, uh, his grace. Yet when he meets God, from that time, he's a changed man or a changed woman. There is only one can keep his promise. It doesn't mean how much vow you try to vow and how many promises you promise God, I try to change, I try to do good. That will do no good, that will do not a bit of a good to you. It has to be the one that really lived in that person. That lady who used to be the prostitute, when she met God, when that Lord Jesus lived in her heart, that inside of her she became a changed person. Later on, Brother Bram said that she got married, she got a few kids, and they live a happy life. How to get that situation? How to get, how to get into that a condition that a, that a keeper, that a promise keeper, that a really live in the person? Just give me a few minutes. I'll try to wrap it up here. In book of uh, Genesis that we just read, and said, by myself, the Lord said, I have sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son. He said, that in blessing, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. We can speak a lot about this. That Abraham sacrificed his son, Isaac, and that's a type of uh, uh, Jesus Christ. We can speak a lot uh, uh, speaking about uh, the, the God sent His only Son. And, uh, you know, there's a shadow and tapses and all of that. But if we just literally to look at this, when God swore, sworn, He said, I by myself have I sworn. What is the reason that make the Lord that swore before uh, Abraham? He said, because you has not withheld thy son, the only son. In another word, Abraham have, uh, didn't have uh, any reserve. That uh, he gave it everything that he had. No matter what is the precious that to Abraham, the Lord gave him a son. Then the, but when the Lord asked him, said, dedicate your son, sacrifice him as a sacrifice. Abraham don't have the second word. He said, Lord, whatever you said, I will do it. That makes the heart of the Lord jump. And then the Lord swore that by himself said, I will bless thee with the blessing. Amen. He said, I will multiply you in the multiplying thy seed as the start of the heaven. Amen. What can really touch the Lord's heart is when that person give him a whole self to the Lord. With no reserve, with, an, with no holding back of anything. You know, for a person, if we really want that, that a promise keeper, that live it in us, 
There's a one thing that you need to do. Make sure there's a nothing between you and God. When you give your whole self, He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need all of your this and that. The only thing He needs, He needs you. When you give yourself to Him unreservedly, say, Lord, I don't care what the situation is, but I give myself unreservedly to you. That will make His heart say, I will swear, I will bless you. I know I shared this as a before. How the Lord really meets me. How the Lord really make Himself a reality to me. Is when I was sitting there. And when I was taking out the little golden Buddha. When I cut it. It's in that moment. Then the Lord make Himself real to me. And then all of a sudden. I realized Lord. There's nothing between you and me. Lord, if you need me to put my ties in, I put my ties in. If you need me to sacrifice this, I do this. Lord, if there's anything that you want, I only want you. And then the last thing that He wants me to do is just take that little golden Buddha and cut it. Though it seems so hard, it only seems so unreasonable. But Lord, I said, I don't care what it is. If you ask for it, I give it to you, Lord. That's the Lord to make Himself a reality. I remember I prayed for, for my wife. That time my wife is not uh, receiving the message yet. And I was praying. I said, Lord, Lord, let my wife receive the, receive the word. Let my wife receive the word. And then the Lord is speaking back to me. It's not her need to receive the word. You need to receive the word. You're not coming to the church just because of the bait. You're not coming to church, coming to church not just to let your wife to become a believer. You're coming to the church, and Murphy, you need to become a believer. You haven't come to the point that you're supposed to be. When we have a problem, when we have the things of the right self situation, that in our home, it's not the wife's problem, it's not the children's problem, it's the high priest's problem. Then a revival started from us first. If there's any problem that needs to be solved, the Murphy is the biggest problem that needs to be solved first. Then I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't care what is coming, what is going. I put my wife on the side. I said, Lord, I put myself in front of you. Change me first, Lord. Change my life first. Let my nature be changed. Let my desire be changed. Then when I do that, then the Lord started changing me. Then the wife started to follow. Then the children started to come. What does the Lord have said? Oh, bless thee with the blessing. Oh, multiply thee with the multiply. Your seed will be like a star of heaven. And the sand which is upon the seashore is that thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And then in Genesis 22, it said... And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. There's no other thing that's needed. Excuse me, I was just preaching this way. I hope we have a heart-to-heart talk. What to make God swear... What to make God to take an oath? 
that for Abraham, we said Abraham had the faith. But what is the manifestation of it? He doesn't hold anything back from the Lord. He said, because thou hast obeyed my voice. This is the only thing that the Lord will require you to do. Do you know that in this last age, there's another mighty angel. That he was standing one feet on sea. There's one feet on the land. And he swore what he said. If we can turn to that scripture. Just as me wrap it up here. Revelation chapter 10. Verse 1 said, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as the pillars of fire. And he had in his hand the little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the, on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when the lion roars, and when he had cried, Seven thunders utters their voice. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voice, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them out. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lift up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created the heaven and the things that are therein are in the earth, and the things that are Therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of a God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophet. This is another one. This is the same Jesus Christ, same God, that he swore, that he swore said that there was time, shall be no more. Why? Because you are here to receiving Him. We are in the last age. We are the last bride that are coming in this last age to receive this Lord. That is worse that the time shall be no longer. Your trials shall be no longer. The trials has the time to start. Trial has the time to end. Difficult has the time to start. Difficult has the time to end. So he swore, he said, the time shall be no longer. No matter what you went through, no matter what you're going through. But he said, all those things at the beginning, he will have at an end. And the end has come, and now is the time for you. And he swore, and he said, the time shall be no longer. When the seventh angel began to sound, in this voice, when his voice began to sound, he said, all the mystery of God will be finished. Right. We're coming to the last age. Yeah. You're the one supposed to receive that voice. Yeah. Even before you receive it, he already put that into the Bible. Said, I swear, time shall be no more. I will send to the seven angels. Why? Because our people is going to receive that seven angel. I will let him utter his voice. Why? Because there's a people will obey his voice. If there's nobody obeying his voice, he will not send his voice to us. But because you are the one that he has chosen, so that's why he sent his voice to us. And they even swear to that. 
One that swear, one is sworn and taken an oath. That is the double confirmation. That's why the, the Bible we just read in the book of the Hebrew in the beginning. He said that God was never going to lie. When He sent it in a message, what does that mean to us? That means one thing. Lord, I have the ability. I have the one that's in me can receive that word. If you can't receive the word, He will not send it to you. But when He even swore about it, that's why we're sitting here and receive every word of God has said. He said, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of a God should be finished, as he has declared to the servants, the prophets. And then that on the verse 8, he talking about the voice that said to you, said to John, said, go take the book. Have you ever taken the book? And then he said, eat to the book. Have you eaten to the book? Then he said, I prophesied it again. Have you prophesied it again? You said, I'm awake. I have no ability. I don't know. Don't worry about that. If he swear that this is going to happen, that's already happening. Don't care what the devil tried to say to you. The devil is lying to you. Say you can't receive it. This is for you. Young people, you don't have to be struggle anymore. This is to give it to you. He swear by taking the oath. Said, this is, I give it to you. If you can't receive it, I won't even swear. But because you could receive it, that's why I swear by heaven and by earth, so nothing going to take you away from me. You don't have to answer devil's question. Your life is an answer to devil's question. The devil said, for the said of God only private place of worship. He said, I'll ask you a question. He said, then it's a, a word they tried to figure out Jesus. He said, how do you do these things? What done it? He said, I'll ask you a question. Was the ministry of John the Baptist, was it of a God? Or was it of a man? He said, we can't say. He said, neither do I tell you. That's right, and it went on. From henceforth, no man asked him anything. Just cut him off. He didn't tell them nothing about it, none of their business. He had a work to do, and he finished it. You have a work to do. And finishing it. You have a work to do to believe whatever he said. And finishing it. To accomplish it. And he said, God help us to do the same thing. We don't have to answer devil's question. That's right, if thou be, do so and so. You are responsible for the gospel. A preacher is, and that's all. Not how it's written, it's just responsible for saying it. If that's for the preacher's work, it's also for anybody that is here. If you receive the word, believe the word, and prophesy it again. Your life... Is an answer to devil's question. You know, in the Bible, in the book of the Hebrew, it said, We also that have the witness like a cloud that encompassed us. When I was reading to that, I said, Lord, yes, they also 
have the witness of like a cloud compass them. But I said, Lord, we also have the witness of a cloud that compass with us. It's not only just talking about what is the years before, what is in the Bible's time. We have also have the witness of a cloud that is a compassed with us. Don't think about a different person that's in this congregation. How your life has been blessed to me. How your life has blessed my wife or blessed my children. Let me mention some name of Brother Wood, Sister Louise. Let me say this, please forgive me. Their children is not in there what it ought to be situation. They haven't received the message, haven't come to the point yet. But does that bother that man at all? Does that bother to their wife at all? He teaches my children, all of my children. And he poured all of his life. And in the four years, they come in out of school, day in and day out. And sometimes with the wife or the sick on the bed. I said, Lord, I do have a, a witness of a cloud that encompasses us. We also have the witness of a cloud that encompasses us. And Brother DeCurdy and Sister DeCurdy, that was teaching in my children too. And some of their children is not in their all-to-be situation. But does that bother them? To me, that is a hero. They're coming to the church day in and day out. And they're teaching my children with all their heart. And they're sacrificing they're coming to the church and pulling on the word. And doing the things for the kingdom of God. We also have the witness of a cloud that encompasses us. How many names I can mention here? Every one of you. That we also have a witness like a cloud that encompasses us. Your life is the answer to devil's question. Why? What is the reason? Because God said, I swore that in heaven and in earth, He said, the time shall be no more. It's right now. He said, in the days of the seventh angel, when He began to sound, all the mystery has been revealed. What mystery? Christ in you become a hope of a glory. Let a musician come. If the Lord gave us an authority, if He gave us the prophet authority, then He said when, it's, when it's Satan, that innovation is like a mamba snake, then He said you can bind him, then you can unbind him. Then that the same authority that He gave it to you, Brother Wood. The same authority He gave it to you, Brother Darren. All these brothers and sisters, that same authority that God had given it to us. You can bind it, and you can unbind it. And they said, when that serpent come to life and again, and then, the Lord, then he said, just as, just as, as this is like, I can know. He said, devil, he said, I bind you that again. If the Lord give him the authority, that same Lord has to give you the authority too. No matter what situation that you are in, no matter what difficult, how difficult, how deep, that uh, the difficulties have been in. But you given, you've been given an authority that you can bind, you can unbind. When the devil starts to pop out of his head, then in the name of Jesus Christ, bind him again. You don't have to be bow your head to the devil. You don't have to let him as a feet with a step on your neck. You are the one that God has to swear. That he said, I will multiply your seed. That he said, I will bless you with the blessing. Why? Because you are the royal seed of Abraham. 
By what? Because you obey His voice. You didn't withhold anything from Him. Lord, if this is my if this is my family, Lord, I give it to you. If this is my children, I give it to you. And think about this of the brothers, the sisters, family. Some of your children is not in their ought to be situation. Some of your children was a backside. Some of their wife is a backside. Some of their husband is a backside. But you're faithfully coming to the church. Why? What are you doing? You do this exactly the same thing like I did. Lord, there's nothing between you and me. I don't want nothing to stop me to come to the church to believe in the word of God. And what you did is exactly like the promise of God has made. Where you withheld nothing before the Lord. And there's nothing between you and Him. Then He said, I swear, I will bless you with the blessing. I will multiply you with the multiplying. If we can ever do that, this God is faithful. He said He swore by taking an oath that He was never going to be the liar. If our God is a liar, if our God is not a liar, then every promise of a God is, must be true. No matter how we word it is, no matter how impossible seems like the situation is, but our God is not a liar. If He swore, if He sworn, think about it, this great God has to sworn. And if we swear and we try to say, you know, I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. If I just said I'm not going to, that's one thing. But when a person laid their hands on the Bible and have to swear, that carried a different weight. If the man can do that, carry the weight, how much more our God when he swore. Even in this last age, that he swore, said his time shall be no longer. In the days of the seven angels, when he began to sound, he said, all the mystery of a God has been revealed. You are the one that has been revealed in this age. Because Jesus Christ revealed himself that in the person that who received him shall we stand. In the Philippines, chapter 2, 13, it said, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If in your heart, you say, Lord, having been struggled for years, let's bow our head. Lord, I'm not in my all to be condition or if you have anything that's in your heart no matter what it is your family your own life or whatever that is say Lord I'm not the promise keeper I cannot even keep my own promise no matter how well how intentionally good I want to do but this is the time to accept the promise keeper. 
He will keep every promise that He had. He even swore by heaven, toward heaven and earth, that He will keep His word. It's not us trying to keep it, but it's God Himself to keep it. And when you in your heart, if you feel anything that the Lord is talking to you, and in your heart you want to say, Lord, I give myself to you. I want to dedicate my whole life to you. Whatever the situation that I'm in, Lord, I put that burden upon your feet. And that is the God works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I commit this congregation into your hands, Lord. Lord, how many situations I can even now think about it. Name after name after name. Lord, if uh, just from the surface, nobody know what they went through. Nobody will know what they go through. But Lord, sometimes you just let us ministers have a little insight and to know what's happened to their life. Lord, I was thinking, what a hero they are, Lord. They don't let those situations boggle them down. Though they continually they serve the Lord. They come, some in the technique, some in the Sunday school, some in the BCA school, some different people in their different duty. They give their whole heart. Oh God, we also, we also have the cloud of a witness that accompanied us, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for these people that are in this church, Lord. Lord, to me, these are the really heroes. Lord, I pray you, let your blessing fall upon each one of them, Lord. Lord, if I said anything's too hard, you forgive me, Lord. Just from my heart, I just want to say, Lord, we want to dedicate our life to you again. We want our life to become a fragrance to come before you. Lord, we don't have to answer devil's question because, Lord, our life, that we obey your voice. We didn't withheld anything from me. Lord, that proof that we love you, Lord. Our whole heart is for you. I just pray you, Lord, be with this congregation. Be with this people. Lord, that they haven't been sacrificed more. They haven't been dedicated themselves more. Lord, just send another Lord, sweep of their you are moving again as amongst us, Lord. Into each family, Lord. Whatever situation that they've been in, let a sweeping, Holy Ghost, a sweeping through it here, Lord. Lord, ascend to the Holy Spirit and speak comfortably to their heart. Lord, if there's anything that we need to be dedicated, we dedicate it here. If there's anything that we need to lay down, we lay down right before your feet. We give you all the thanks. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Sometimes if I say anything wrong, I hope you forgive me. I don't mean it, but I just mean from my heart. I want the Lord to bless you. I want the Lord to meet our need, to meet our situation. 
sometimes maybe the word will come in harsh, but I hope you can uh, receive it with a sweet heart that is in you. May the Lord bless every one of you. Can we sing a song uh, looking to us, looking for us, for a city? Uh, I think it's the title, looking forward to a city or looking for a city. Who looking for a city? If we're Abraham's seed, we're the one that's looking for that city to come. And I'm thinking Abraham, he never saw that city. But every step, he stepped on that land. He said, this is belong to me. You're just, uh, you're just uh, what, what, uh, uh, squatter. You, you're all just squatters. Uh, he, he doesn't possess one inch of land. But by faith, he says, step, best step, best step. Why? Because the Lord has swear to him. He said, I will multiply thee. I will give you the blessing that was the blessing. Your seed will possess the gate of hell. So let us sing together, just like Abraham's seed, looking for that city as I give those services to Brother Tom.
Are you looking? Really looking? Amen. Lift up your head. For your redemption is drawn nigh. Never been at a place in this time ever on the face of the earth. And that is why God will speak to us in such a manner. Just get the house right. Get our hearts right. And then God can do whatever he wants to do. I might just slow it the pace a little bit down because the word is the word and so often we can hide in a crowd when God's dealing with us maybe somebody here God's dealing with right now is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid is your all laid down before the throne of grace God won't do something for us unless we desire for it to He has given you free will. He's giving me free will. And Lord, if I've got to tear things out of my life, let it be so. Don't get just lost in a crowd. Somebody's head in a a group over here or here. But Lord, you see my heart. Give me a heart like thine. Maybe we could just sing that. I've got that wrote down here. Give me a heart like thine. Is that Brother Murphy or is that God speaking to us? 
I have to say is God speaking to us. But Murphy had mentioned intentions, good intentions. Next day, next service, I'll make it right. Next camp, I'll make it right. Good intentions. But here's a quotable quote. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. We don't want intentions and promise broken. But if you got the promise giver in your soul, he will keep every promise in the book to you. Can we have an honest heart this morning? And say, Lord, I'm willing to lay it open to you that the Holy Spirit would have his divine will and way. I'm tired of living in and out, in and out of the victory because some some demon has plagued me. And I say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, resist that devil. You resist him this morning. Because my Bible says, if you resist the devil, he must flee. So a spirit of unbelief in your life, resist that spirit of unbelief. Got something unclean in your life? Resist that spirit of uncleanness. Maybe you're not saved and Satan says it's not your time. You tell him he's a liar. Today is my day of salvation. Today, God deals with hearts. This morning, God is dealing with your heart. All you have to do is bear it open. Bear it open. Let the service go over quickly because I got a lunch. Forget the lunch. I got heaven again, and I've got hell to lose. And I just want God in my life and in my heart. Have we laid everything down this morning? Just lay it out before the throne of grace. With every head bowed and eye closed. The word of God came in its due season this morning. Maybe there's something you just want to lay it down and say, Satan, you can't have me no more. Let the joy of my salvation bubble up within my soul. Lord, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to give everything like Abraham did. I'm willing, Father. Heavenly Father, as we will go our way, I so appreciate men of God that can yield themselves to the mind of God. And so, Lord, there's unsaved here this morning. There's backsliders here this morning. And I love that quote. For your prophet said, reclaim those backsliders. And so, Lord, if they could be honest enough in their own hearts that they could bear it open in the light of the gospel that was preached this morning, you could change their lives in a moment. How many of us have made promises, Father? Just like a New Year's resolution. Promise this, promise that. And within a couple of days, it's broken promises. So, Father, I just pray that from the very front, to the very back as different ones that said Lord take that out of my life may we all be honest enough to say Lord that in that presence just that little spot of sin and unbelief is magnified and that's how we feel this morning that the word came to our address that we could lay it down at your feet 
So Lord, as we pondered the words that we've heard, may you speak deeply to every individual that they could come to their place as Abraham did, sacrificing all. And then you came down, you saw his heart. May you come down and see our hearts, Lord. Cover us with the blood. Wash away all sin. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus that can make me whole again. Jesus, go out and save those that need to be saved. Lord, let the elders pull on the word of God. We want to see souls saved for the kingdom. Indeed, we are burdened, Lord. But we're burdened for the souls whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Satan's been lying to them. I pray, Father, that you will seek out your own. That they can say, come to my soul. Come to my heart. Come into my life. And then I will have the promise keeper. Not any more broken promises. God bless your people now as they ponder these words. Bless them as they go their separate ways. If there's those that would wish to linger and bask in the very presence of God that is here right now, I pray that you'll break every chain that's bound them in the name of Jesus Christ. Go with us, Father, we ask. You be magnified. You be lifted up. And we'll give you all the glory. As we go, Lord, may the presence go with us. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Greet one another, saints. If you wish to linger or have the brothers pray for you, you come on. God bless you.